Welcome to another Close Assault, Episode 1, Getting into ASL. We're going to cover what sections what we first read when we entered ASL. Then we head on to learning ASL in today's world, resources available to all ASL players, and discussing the importance of mentors for each and every player, regardless of skill level. And we also cover the pitfalls of staying into SK too long before transitioning into ASL. Let's get to the discussion. When I picked up ASL, I f- believe the first section I read, because I'm a visual type of person and more geographical minded, I honestly read chapter B first. I didn't crack A open, didn't crack D open. I liked the pictures they showed of the terrain in B, and that just kind of captivated me, and it was a much easier read, not really too technical. You know, I understood some dice roll modifiers from the old squad leader system. So the read was actually pretty simple for me. Uh, so the chapter B was my number one read. What about you, Pete? I started off um, with chapter J, of all things. And it wasn't because I was interested in, in the deluxe as such. I was actually reading the mic- painting micro armor guide. That's what I read first. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> because I, I, I come from a miniatures background. Uh, so I've always been a miniatures player first. The That's... second chapter was chapter eight. And then, like you, I went to chapter B. I already figured I, I knew most of chapter A and C and D weren't going to be really diff- that difficult because I already right. had played squad leader through GI. So the core processes were going to be familiar. Yeah, it's true. But it was the terrain. And the pretty pictures, Kibler's pretty pictures. Oh, yeah, those are just gorgeous. I mean, some of the yeah. best pictures I like are just when it has like a tank track, the tiger, the open ground hex, and shell holes and things like that. Those are those are just absolutely gorgeous. I actually wish I had like a whole photo wall of that stuff. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, what do you think about today's today edge? I mean, the paths that the newer player has today obviously are completely different than what we have when we enter the game. We started with Squad Leader. It kept changing and evolving, changing and evolving. But today, they have the straight-up rule book, they've got the pocket rule book, and they've got starter kit. So entry to ASL is very uniquely different, plus the availability of players is not even close to the type of players that we had available or particularly unavailable in the past. You pretty much had to play your brother or yourself or whatever but today no reason to play just one person what do you think about sk and the, and the new past is there anything different that were really unique other than that other than those cases no, i I, I, th- I think the fact that we now have when i started playing asl we, the, the internet it was pre-internet so being able to play online full stop with which is as close to face-to-face ASL in terms of visual experience as you can get without actually physical counters is such a difference. And the fact is you've got an online community that operates 24-7. There's always someone around willing to talk ASL. I think we have a more active, available community. Yeah, and, and from different backgrounds as well. I mean, you get 
you've got American players, you've got European players, and you've got the Asia contingents and the, the New Zealanders, Australians as well, as, as well as the other countries. And so even hooking up with those particular players, albeit time zone differences, you're, you're going to experience different gameplay based on the different players you're going to actually encounter during the ASL ventures and the Valzal and so forth. Yeah, I, th I think the biggest uh, help now is that you're not just constrained to ASL rulebook plus paratrooper plus beyond valor. You've got the starter kit if you, as, as a, a very good option to start to introduce. It, it basically is the modern day version of squad leader without the program construction, but a simplified way of getting into the whole system. And that's a, that brings up another point where when, when we started into the system, we had to wait for Yanks to come out. We had to wait for paratrooper, you know, to be available. We had to wait for partisan. We had to wait for all these modules to come out where, yeah, the availability problem is now, but you could actually buy someone's whole collection. If you wanted to go, you know, high on the hog just to buy a full collection, you could really get everything in one shot where that really was, I mean, that's another big change to it as well. If you just wanted to play the Brits, you could simply buy someone's collection and go for the Brits and things like that. So you pretty much can get it all in one shot if, if you're lucky enough. It seems, it seems amazing in hindsight that it, it was only five years, but well, five or six years between the release of the rule book and the release of Code of Bushido, wow. i.e. the Japanese. It felt like 20 years yeah. at the time. Yeah. For me, it was an incredibly long wait between... Th I, I knew things were getting released because I'd see them in the, in the Avalon Hill General when we got got the Avalon Hill General. It was usually six or, or nine months after the US it was actually published. Yeah, yeah. But the ASL stuff wouldn't get there for 12 months um, afterwards. And what what would, and that was after we found out about it in the pages of the of the general well which is really interesting again <laughs> so talking about the different times uh we can we can buy most of the journals uh all the annuals and a lot of the generals from asl or yeah for asl and squad leader we can those are readily pretty much readily available for all intents and purposes so if yeah, if i'm just starting and let's say I don't have any experience in any tactical play or ASLs is beyond my reach, whether monetarily or initial interest. You know, SK is obviously the, the, the choice to make. I mean, you, you really can go into SK and really pursue your interest in tactical gaming at that point. So, you know, do I, do I just start with the first one? Do I skip something? What do you, what do you suggest for, for me if I'm a brand new player what am I looking for? I'm interested in ASL. You know, I want to make that big jump, but you know, I don't want to drop six to eight hundred bucks on a collection. I've got okay, well, hundred hundred bucks in my pocket. What, what am I looking at, Pete? Well, if you're going to be making the jump to ASL, and that's that's what we're assuming in this podcast, is that you're looking to get into ASL. I would recommend that you get ASL starter kit one, and at least three. But I'm actually going to say that you get one, two, and three. If you decide that the game is not for you after all that, you can always sell those on. 
You should get them when they're available. If they're all available, grab them all. Now, there are a couple of reasons for this. One, I actually think it's easier to learn the different sections. So Static at 1 deals with infantry. Mm-hmm. Static at 2 deals with guns, you know, anti-tank guns, artillery pieces, that sort of thing. So those are two different areas that you are going to need to learn, right. and it's easier to learn them separately. In place weapons that just pretty much just yeah. fire. Yeah. Static at 3 brings in vehicles and the complication and the complexity that is vehicle movement. Now, if you already have learned how to fire guns, cannons and things like that, then you've already got a grasp on how to perform the firing action for vehicles. Now you're looking at the complexities of moving vehicles and how that movement impacts the firing procedure that you've already learned. Right. So that's why I would say three different things. And it kind of Six. kind of rules the uh, kind of rules the the guns because the guns are pretty much just firing on the infantry target type or area target type. But now once you add those vehicles into them, your essentially starter kit two knowledge will be increased by adding the vehicular target type and therefore all the extra modifiers that are necessary to learn in order to combat and having a, a very successful game at that point. Yeah, I also think that there is a potentially you can get over information overload by just going from one straight to three. Right. Because you're, you're actually basically adding in all of starter kit two. You get familiar with covered art changes, even though they might be dealing with guns, it's just a slightly different curve just to add the vehicles in. Actually, it's easier to hit with the vehicles. So starting with the guns, uh, you have no limitations of covered arc. You have all those concepts that add into vehicles. Pretty much the vehicles are just moving guns, for all honesty, you know. Now, the other, other reason I would suggest getting all three is because if you want to move to ASL at that point after playing all three, that actually gives you a really good set of core ASL components, you know, various nationalities. So, and there are a lot of scenarios featuring those other nationalities that aren't from Beyond Bella available from the MMP website. That's true. You could hold, and, and from other magazines, they have to download things like that. Yeah, the number yeah. of nationalities is surely pretty high. But about, to do a fair amount of scenarios that are in either the annuals or the journals or or online from MMP, is that you start picking up the journals. Yeah, they add a lot of a lot of extra information, a lot of good reading in, in the journals as well. There's some very good articles that will help you. There's uh, some examples of play, why the rule was designed like that, but how it how it works that's important. Yeah. You can go down a rabbit hole, hole of why a, a rule is designed. Right. Concentrate on the game. It kind of rolls into the fact that, you know, so so I'm, I'm learning ASL 1. I get some infantry down. You know, a lot of guys will play solo. They they, they need to feel more comfortable you know, before they start their first games. You know, when I started playing even squad leader, it, you don't have to learn all the rules down to the T to be able to enjoy the game, to, to progress through the game, to learn to go into starter kit 2, Starter 3 or even ASL. And I think one thing that might be a hurdle for some players is that they think that they need to, even though the rule book is much smaller than the ASL rule book, they might think that while it's so small, 
before I transition, I need to know everything in here, like the back of my hand, before I go into that monstrosity of a rule book, which most of it you actually don't even use. So I think that that avenue is fine to want to know all the rules, but that's not necessary for you to know all the rules when you transition. And one way to kind of get used to rules popping up, and let's say you might have a couple of rules in your mind, there's, you know, recently with the current events, there's a lot of online tournaments, there's a lot of online communities where you can get together with people, practice your skills, practice your knowledge of SK, and and get your technique or the the execution of particular rules down because everyone will play it slightly differently. Everyone has a tendency to have, you know, a slightly different take on how a rule is executed, but yet they know kind of the rule by itself. How do I fire? How do I, if I do the coward, what happens here? The execution of those is what you're looking to refine. You know the rule, but now you just want to bounce that rule off of the players. And you could do that through SK online tournaments, which are great, a great learning device. As long as you have a cordial opponent that you can bounce ideas off of, play through the game, and, uh, and access the rulebook properly, which is a big part of it. After my first few games, what are we looking at in terms of, okay, should I start with like a brand new player? Like what happens if I, if I only have me and my buddy that are both learning ASL together? Should I pull that up or should I, you know, should we both go online since obviously, you know, the present day, there's a lot of ASL communities out there. There's starter kit communities. There's uh, ASL skills on Discord. There's the ASL Facebook group, SK Facebook group, and there's you know Game Squad. And there's a number of ASL communities out there that you can easily get a hold of. In terms of trying to get somebody else, should I start with my buddy, or should I incorporate something else in the learning process? Oh, I I, I think I think you people would be better served trying to find someone who's experienced with ASL or experienced with starter kit, help them learn how to play. Not, not so much the this tactical side of things, but just to learn how the game works and how and, and to explain the rules to them. I think too often we see players playing just amongst themselves, making the same mistakes and not actually advancing their knowledge of the rules and when they play people with greater experience all of a sudden they find out they've been playing the rules completely wrongly and it's very frustrating for them and it can be frustrating for the person working with them right but that's very common i mean uh i i learned i mean i've been playing asl for a while and i i continue to learn rules simply because that's just the process the process is playing and experience game a very old game it's been around it's been changed a lot but there's always something you're going to miss i mean don't feel that oh i screwed that up completely i look like really silly whereas that's that's not the case whatsoever as long as you can take your learning to the next level that's fine to make those fundamental mistakes as long as you take what you learn from one game learn one thing from each game you play take that to the next game and in 10 games down the line you've mastered a certain concept or your your focus, your confidence is going to be so much stronger 
by just exactly. asking simple questions and understanding that you may be playing a rule wrong for a long time, but know that you know people you will experience some people that will say, "Oh no, no, it's it's this it's actually this way." And then you say, "Oh, oh okay, that's really odd because my buddy and I were really discussing how that worked. We just kind of did this, that sort of thing." I I actually think that we get we get into this trap of thinking that we can master ASL. No, you can understand ASL. Right. You understand the rules and but you're not going to master the rule book. Very few people have actually done that. What you do is you increase your understanding in terms of accuracy of the rules and from experience. And that's why I think having that mentor to help you through that initial exposure to the rules and how they work together and introducing concepts that are between ASL and starter kit are significantly changed. Correct. And the other thing is with SK is I don't think there's any benefit in constantly replaying one scenario. There's a reason they give you multiple scenarios in each starter kit. The idea, I think that all you need to do with starter kit is play each scenario once as either side so you get exposure to different approaches within a game, within a game to attack and defend. Yeah, one attacker, different, one defender. You get used to both sides. Yeah. Different nationality characteristics because that is what ASL, the flavor of ASL is so dependent on. If you're constantly playing one, one scenario out over and over again, you're not actually learning the rules per se. You're learning how to win at that scenario. Right. Very, very uh, truncated view with ASL is not that. Every scenario is a different game into itself using the same fundamental rules, but it's a different game. Victory conditions, OB, who you're playing half the time. So it's it, the game changes every single time you play it, which is the beauty of it. And, and the other thing is once you've got that mentor, is you then learn to go out and not be so afraid of playing other people. But if you've got a solid understanding of the core basics, then you are more likely to find that your games with other people, you, by exposure to differing approaches in terms of tactics, techniques and stuff like that, tactics and yeah. things like that, yeah. will actually benefit you because the more opponents you face, the more your level of understanding of the wider game becomes. Right. So if I have a mentor, does that, uh, I think the idea, the mentor is good. The mentor will sit you down, essentially explain things as you are attempting to do them. Let's say, let's say you want to jump across the street like they have in many tutorials. You want to attack across the street. A good mentor will be able to show you all the different approaches that you can take to attacking across the street instead of just saying, oh, just do this. So yeah. the different methods that you used, whether, okay, instead of attacking, instead of prep firing, maybe move first and move around him and maybe draw his fire. Let's see what happens when that happens. So your mentor would be looking at showing you the options available to you and then how to use them. Right. And what the consequent potential consequences are. Yeah, for each one, but absolutely. The choice the mentor would always leave <clears throat> the choice to you. Right. right? It's it's more a point of 
are you sure you you know sometimes there's a case where you try and do something with your mentor and you say are you sure you want to do that and the the correct response is yes hell yes no, it's not <laughs> no, it's why 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 wouldn't i want to do that what are the consequences right and right. then sooner and and if you're playing with someone who who's capable guiding you through that process and not everyone is i'm, I'm certainly not i i have the utmost admiration for people like john knowles and, and others who teach asl via starter kit they're able to explain the consequences to the point where they no longer have to ask the mentor why wouldn't this work they right. think about it themselves and as long as they know the consequences like so what if i'm going to take three minus two shots in the open maybe that's what i want to do because that's my game plan it may not be the most efficient most effective it may not be exactly what a typical person might do but if my plan after my understanding of the system increases my plan might actually be to cause casualties on my side again for whatever reason but um just to know that you always don't have to be safe all the time. So, and that kind of goes in with the with the next thing is what you have to do is, you know, during play, even when you don't play with your mentor and he's teaching you and things like that, everyone, every single game of ASL will typically have two to five rules dives. So in that sort of situation, when you pick up your starter kit, one, two, and or three, first of all, download most updated rules from MMP's website. It's starter kit four. They will have some Japanese rules in there. Cross that stuff out, X that stuff out. You don't need that. And when you get it printed out, read through the sections that you're, you're covering. Say if it's just ASL uh, starter kit one, right? When you come against concepts that you make sure you remember, highlight those sections, print it out, highlight those sections because it's very difficult, just like as an ASL rulebook, sometimes it's difficult to find that one rule that you're looking for. And if you highlight it, it'll pop to mind easier. You'll find it sooner when you're looking th through the rulebook, and your gameplay will become faster because, oh, yeah, I remember highlighting that. That's like about page four or five. I kind of know where that is, boom, boom, boom. You get to the page. you It's highlighted for you. The rules example, the rules question is defined, and you go for it. And then talk to your opponent first. Uh, say, hey, how do you think this is done? And if there's any sort of doubt, flip the rule book open, look for your highlighted sites. And if you still have a debate upon it, again, something that we didn't have in the past is online help. You go on Facebook, yep. you go on any of the forums, you'll probably get an answer within about five minutes, to be honest with you. when you're asking that there's no there's, you shouldn't have a sense of entitlement that your question will be answered quickly right there's no if people answer these questions on a voluntary basis there's no there should be no expectation that the community is just it's not obligated yeah not obligated to answer yeah, questions. there's no obligation incurred and also so don't, that, don't, yeah, don't yeah. get pissy just because someone took 10 minutes or didn't see your question for 30 minutes and took five minutes to answer it. Right, 
Right. And also note that, you know, just as, as anyone else is, likely you're just looking for another opinion and they are just simply that. There are going to be some opinions that are incorrect. No big deal. Uh, everyone gets rules, things incorrect. And that's the part of the thing that I think is the biggest takeaway over asking rules is about half the people will get the answer, quote, right. Half the people will get it wrong. But as long as you're understanding and growing from that, as long as you're finding the answer, okay, why is it this over that? And then what they do is reference the rule sections. And when you pose yeah. questions, please reference the rule sections because that'll help everyone else to know exactly what you're looking at and give detailed a detailed example of what you're going through. Don't just say, yeah. my guy moved over here and he got shot and you know what happens then? It's a non-question. It needs to be detailed. Kind of follow need, the rule book. Okay. It needs detail. Were you in open ground? What, what shot at you? What phase is it? The whole nine yards. Go into all the detail. Therefore, your answer will be much closer or representative of your situation. And if you can provide an a picture, picture, give a picture. An illustration in this case is worth more than a thousand words of ex explanation of context. Right. We can see the situation as it would be on the map board. It's a lot easier to A, provide an answer that is relevant and B, not drift off track. Right. So after playing my 15, 20 games, Pete, I've got the basic functions down. I know how to attack, I know how to prep fire. I know what cowering means. I know how to route for the most part. I know what happens in first fire and subsequent first fire. At what point can I make that transition? Should I continue playing ASL, SK, uh, get all the expansion packs, get everything else, decisions? Should I really hammer down and get all that stuff before I want to make the transition to asl when when is the time obviously time is different for each person but when's the quote sweet spot in a changing over and trying some asl games where's that sweet spot okay well personally i i, I don't believe that you need to get go, go past one two or three if you're already can if you are going in and this is the thing we're still considering that people are using sk because they want to go to ASL, which is what SK was originally designed for. Right. So the expansion packs, the bonus pack, they're not necessary. They're right. nice to have, but you're actually probably better off, particularly with SK one through three. Once you're played 15, 20 games and you feel that you're ready or that you'd like to try ASL, that's the time to move. Right. Because routing there are more far more options for movement and defensive fire opportunities are quite significantly more varied and you've got more options on the attack and routing is is a little bit different there are more conditions in with routing that can be affected and you've also got the big ones concealment right and snipers and movement you've got the bypass and all the other rules yeah, that come with yeah. it but those he, rules and all actually those rules aren't too difficult to overcome i think those rule sections are are pretty much laid out almost in stone to be honest with you i i really don't have problems i reference those sections all the time 
And I think a lot Everyone of ASL does. players does. I mean, they, it's played in every single game of ASL, but everyone still continues to reference those sections. And that's the takeaway is that even you might come into it, you might go to a tournament. I might be a new SK player going to a tournament and I see 20, 30, 40, 50 ASLers sitting down, busting their dice out and their giant towers and their huge counter conglomeration of, of dice trays and counter trays. But these guys still access the rule book constantly, constantly accessing the rule book. But they've yeah, got, I, well, I, I think, wouldn't say con- constantly. I would say regularly. Yeah, at least once a game. I mean, if, if you're not if you're not accessing oh, yeah. once a yeah, game, absolutely. and that's what I mean by constant. I mean every every. Yeah, they're not constantly glued to this yeah. page. Yeah, otherwise, the they're, games have never been done. They're all being no, adjudicated. <laughs> no, that that that's when you're first starting in SK, for example. Right. You you tend to play while you're reading the rule book. Right. If you're working, if you're trying to learn the game on your own, which not recommended, not no. at all recommended. No, no, you need the, you, you really need that other person there. After about fifteen to twenty games, you're ready to move on, because the longer you wait the more difficult it will be to understand the expanded concepts in ASL. And it's just like when an ASL player of some experience tries to play SK for the first few times. It's actually really difficult for them because they actually have to unlearn rules and techniques and tactical precepts that they've learned in ASL that don't apply in SK. Right. I found that. I found that firsthand. I was going down you have asl players they don't even know what's not included in sk most of them if they're not familiar with sk they have no clue what's not taken away from the the gameplay and they certainly don't understand the differences in terms of what you can be able to do and how the subtleties of sk differ from the asl game and those subtleties i think the more you play sk and it's fine to stick with SK if that's your deal. But if you this again, this is a podcast of moving into ASL. If you want to move into ASL, I think the longer you are in the SK realm, the more you're going to get used to all the techniques that are in the SK realm that you'll be learning like the back of your hand, which you'll have to unlearn very similarly, like you said, as the ASL player has to unlearn what he does or what he knows going to the SK level. It's the same unlearning technique, and because they are so similar, that will cause some issues in some of your games. You might get frustrated a couple times here and there. So, again, as long as you're familiar with the basic precepts of firing, moving, you know, understanding victory conditions and things like that, then I think you're, I think you're, you'll be just fine and dandy to move on. But again, what, what's the prim- primary prerequisite of moving on, Pete? Well, you, you need to actually have, have, someone who is experienced to guide you right a good mentor a good mentor everyone everyone needs a good mentor i mean even we have mentors i mean there's some people that oh. we that we look to right now say hey you know i don't understand this concept i'll call up pete say hey Pete, what do you think about this what do you think about that yeah <laughs> you're asking me a hypothetical question yeah. again. <laughs> and i'll say you're full of shit there's no way <laughs> and then i'll be wrong uh, and, and then and then we uh, learn just, so just as a personal example um I've been playing, I, I basically learned ASL through the, the help of my friend John. We've been playing now for 30 odd years, uh, you know, or longer than that. Now, John's always been my mentor in terms of rules. In fact, I'm one of those horrible people 
who got who was so lazy i relied on the other person to read the rules oh i didn't read the rules really and i hate to say this until about 2005 when i got guilt tripped into reading them now i was really lucky i had opponents who stuck with me all that time <laughs> so yes i sort of had read the rules i'd read the rules <clears throat> enough to sort of get by and play by mail games and and from 1996 and, and a few play by email games but basically i used to play by email games to learn how to read the rule that's true because you, you'll have the opportunity to read the rules all the time yeah. so now let's say let's say i've decided i'm going to make the jump uh i've got my asl rule book because it's in print now or i can get the pocket rule book or i can get it online from ebay for some guy getting rid of his stuff what about the other stuff that's 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 you know nothing's available? I mean, that's the biggest complaint is nothing's available. Do I really need everything? I mean, literally, no. do I need everything? What? what no. What, no, do I, the, the, what, what could keep me going for well, quite some time? Mean, if you got if you could if you can't get hold of the big rule book with all the charts and everything, get the pocket rule book. Then get a copy of uh, Lefranc Tourers or LFT's rat charts. Yep. Yep. Okay. A, they're really portable and really useful during the game. Because I'll tell you now, the big charts from the big fat rule book, they're unwieldy and they take up table space. Oh. Okay? And seriously, they're too nice to actually be using it all the time. <laughs> I've actually got them in a wire bound. I've, I've uh, converted some of them to got, a wire bound. So the, the, there's that. You absolutely must have a copy of the relevant chapter H notes. Right. If, if you've got vehicles. So you do need the big rule book, really, because it comes with the German and Russian. Uh, right. The, the pocket rule book is the pocket rule book would be something that you would probably, if you're desperate now and you don't really want to play with a lot of armor, then the pocket mm. rule book is good to go. Right. Or maybe your buddy's got chapter H. You don't really need chapter H. But if you want to get into it, uh, your mentor's got you going, set you on the right path, yeah. and you want to start off, you know, a couple games by some random guys online. Chapter H is, I mean, it's it's really important to have. So it's you know yeah. you gotta pick up that main rule book for sure. So if I want to get to certain things like your beyond value, even things e go out of print. <clears throat> yeah, things go out of print. And and they do, if, yeah, if you get the older stuff. You can always buy. There's always usually first edition stuff, the stuff that was originally printed by Avalon Hill, All right? Or previous editions that have been superseded, and not but not not through because they're obsolete but because the current mmp editions are so jam-packed of goodies right that they're incredible value but but things like if you don't can't get a hold of rising sun well yeah get code of bushido code of bushido and gung-ho are usually available I mean, that, out there that, that, and for yeah. about half the price yeah you can still buy generally you can still find that the map boards are individually available from mmp like, like you say, the starter and, kit, the starter kit style boards are readily readily available. They're pretty cool. much used everywhere, and they're they're cleaner looking maps. They're the, yeah, the you, art's you, been updated, and yeah, um, they're and, a bit digital in, in some aspects, but they just look they look yeah. they're consistent too. You, you don't can, have different shades of level of ground and, level green, right? And you can store a whole heck of a lot. I mean. When you pick up your oh, yeah. Beyond Valor and your Yanks, I think each of those packs has comes with like ten boards each, so and like forty scenarios each. So 
what the purpose, I think what we're kind of just deciding is beyond Valor, Yanks, and maybe Kota Bushido if you want to get down further down the line. But beyond Valor and Yanks will set you good for easily two and a half to three years of play, straight up. Okay, that, that's the U.S. perspective. But talking about the rest of the world, yeah. well, uh, beyond Valor, Kota Bushido, and Pekingan country. Right, but Kota Bushido, we're talking, you know, that's... Oh, sorry, Rising Sun. Rising Sun. Well, Rising yeah, Sun, yeah, yeah. Rising Sun, Rising, yeah, I would get the Kota Bushido because cause Rising Sun never going to be available again, to be honest. It's, it's pretty pricey. But if you if you wanted to do the Japanese, um, Kota Bushido is, is out there. If you, if yeah, you want you to spend the money on the big boys, then yeah. You don't need gung-ho if you just want to play Japanese. Right. And if you if you get if you do get hold of West of Alamein, and some people do, so... Right. Don't worry about the fact. In fact, you're you're on a winner there because you've now got the desert rules right. and the desert map board, and a lot of active current players do not have West of Alamein. Right, they've got for King and Country, which is basically Italy, the Pacific, and Europe. And it doesn't have desert. And if you're worried about not having all the scenarios that comes with the packs, well, again, you've got the uh, annual magazines, the journals. That will have plenty of Japanese action for you. Oh, there's plenty available as well on the MMP website. You may even find, if you're going down that road, and I, I would recommend you make sure that you've got ASL, the core, just like, like you did with Starter Kit, you get the core concepts of chapters A through D right. down. Yep. Don't rush into Pacific. It is significantly different. It is significantly more complex in in some aspects. That, well, that the, the, the game changes when you go to the Pacific. The, the game actually just changes in the Pacific. Yeah, and and jungle is a different, is a really different mindset. And the Japanese are a, a much different force to use, and definitely when faced by them. So, getting an uh, ASL starter kits is pretty much the way to go nowadays. It's yep. One, two, and three, they're cheap enough. And again, once you get out of Starter Kit and you've got your ASL rulebook, guess what? You can either keep your Starter Kit stuff or sell it to buy your ASL rulebook. And then you can always sell it for just about what you paid for it anyway. You'll never have a problem in doing that. Start your ASL road to you know victories on that sort of thing. And beyond Valor, obviously, your, your core modules are, are available for the most part. If not, someone will be selling them individually every once in a while, and you'll be able to pick them up for a reasonable price. But again, if you get that Beyond Valor, you're going to be busy for quite some time. Save up your money in case, even if it doesn't come out, save up 20 bucks a month. By the end of the year, you could pick up Rising Sun. That's pretty simple. And, you, and, and to be honest, if you play every scenario as both sides from beyond from mod, the modern version of Beyond Valor, that's eighty. That's eighty games. Yeah, that's that's a lot of squad. And you covered a lot. That is a you, lot of squad here. And and you will be really well grounded. And I'll tell you what, there's no cookie cutter scenarios in Beyond Vela. No, they're all they're all quite different. They're all pretty varied, and they deal from 1939 all the way to 1945. And, and, to, and again, just to reiterate, simply because there aren't, because you're jumping into the, the Beyond Valor where you're going to be adding new and exciting new things into your gameplay, 
maintain that relationship that you have with your mentor because you're going to be coming across stuff more a lot more scenarios special rules some of them don't make any sense ask questions ask your opponent what the hell does this mean and then ask your mentor if he's if he's around not playing the game with you but yeah. uh well, use all your resources available for you. yeah look if, if you say look can someone i i can, i'm not understanding how this works there's no shame in asking for help people are quite prepared to actually explain how something works in fact i think they're actually more prepared online to explain how that works than to basically interpret a rule you know or, yeah. or find a rule for you yeah and even if their explanation isn't 100 correct they'll put you on the path yeah let's say you understand 20 percent of a rule they may explain the extra 60 percent and you're still missing 20 percent of the rule overall who cares don't sweat it who don't cares? sweat it just go play the game you you know 60 percent more than what you did before and then actually that that missing 20 percent is probably going to be covered by you actually playing right and pushing the pieces around right. because there is no substitute for play in terms of practical embedding of how the rules work right the and more you play the more you understand the rules and the number one thing to take away is the rules is not a guideline of how to play the game it's actually it's just a, a roadmap. It's just a, it's a set reference of book. reference. Yes, a reference book. Playing the game, applying the rules. You won't find that in the rule book. You need to get on the board, shoving counters, making morale checks, rolling snake eyes to make all this stuff come together. After your first five, six, seven games of ASL, so many things will click into place far faster than reading the rule book a hundred times would be. Uh, and with the ex illustrated examples in the rule book, punch out your counters, bring out your maps, move the counters around according to the examples. Right. By doing, you're learning. Right. And by learning, and, you be, and by learning, you're just becoming a better ASL player because every, every ASL player, again, cracks the rule book, learns a little bit more than from day after day, game after game, opponent after opponent. So, all right, Pete, thanks a lot for joining me on this initial session of getting into ASL. I think we covered a lot of ground, and uh, everyone takes a slightly different route, but I think got to follow the main freeway before you take your side routes to get to your destination. Thanks for listening, guys, and learn from all your games. Ciao.